The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. Wilbur Curtis gives you some of the best batch brewers around. They're so consistent. They're insane. You can program them. Your coffee's going to taste better than it ever has. And if you don't want to deal with that, guess what? It comes pre-programmed, so don't even worry about it. Also, this family-owned company has gone full solar, full green, full awesome. You know what that means? That means the sun comes down, they get the power, the power powers the plant where they create the brewers, and those brewers come out to us ready to go. Have you ever heard of a seraphim? Not just an angel, folks. No, folks. That is a tasty, tasty brewer for by-the-cup coffee. Even the coffee nerds can get a nice little shower head, program that thing. You heard of the clover? This is the new new. Seraphim, angel, ring down, happy coffee. Everything is coming together for you. If you hit up Wilbur Curtis and my friend Brent Curtis, who I've seen, who has kids, have seen. Of course, I've seen him. He's a great guy. He helps us out all the time. Takes his kids to Disneyland. We have the best time as well. This family-owned company treats people right. They do a great job. They're becoming the premier place to get your coffee equipment for batch brewing. Do it to it. And if you need a water boiler, guess what? They have that too. Okay, bye-bye. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. We're kicking things off with a little bit of a special edition. We have eight, right? Eight questions. Questions from the Unpacking Coffee Crew. Ocho. Ocho. That's a different language for all you. I just Americans got done with a run. There. I just got done with a run. <laughs> Check out the sock. <laughs> These are Adidas from my dad. So uh, Tim said, Tim Jr. <laughs> I want you to take these Adidas's. These, all these are hand-me-downs. They never fit me. Swamp them, dude. <laughs> those I'm 5'3". Are, are those size 13s? Dude, no. They're so big. They got some insoles <laughs> in them. super huge. Check out my stretching right now. This is about is all I got right here from the run. These are my white Mahomes. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, video edition. But We're going to send this world. to the people, and they're going to take care of it. So. Yeah. Um, Let's get into these questions. All right. For the Unpacking Coffee crew, that's you out there in America, and for our crew on podcast land, hello. Uh, my name is Jared Truby, and I am a co-owner along with my friend Chris Baca and Charles Jack, who's not with us, at Cat and Cloud Coffee. Who is my daddy, and what does he do? My dad's gynecologist. <laughs> um, Chris, how did you get in coffee, and why? <laughs> what? Come on. Um, <laughs> I got involved in coffee. Oh man, I drank coffee forever. My first coffee job was a local coffee shop down the street from the house where I grew up in, and I had hurt my back really bad. I had back surgery when I was like 21, and I was working at the skate shop at the time, and I didn't want to go back to work at the skate shop when I could work again because it was super depressing for me. And my friend Matt was like, "Hey, why don't you come down to the coffee shop? You hang out there all the time anyway. You drink a lot of coffee." Let's get you a job. So I did, and then it was over. Done. Boom. Got right into coffee. Got right into that espresso portafilter, and I extracted it. Full on melters. Full on. 58% <laughs> extraction. Is that even possible? <laughs> uh, my dad loved coffee, and my grandparents used to drink it, and I liked the smell. And when I got back from uh, college, I decided to stop going to private college on scholarship and move back to chico california scholarship baby i had a scholarship Make that money player. i never finished so <laughs> <laughs> i came home and i had nothing to do so i worked uh at a coffee shop and that my dad opened and we had he was trained by delanos i believe back in the what back in the day the big d yeah dude. which i didn't know it was that that was a coffee at the time he told me far later and i was like oh yeah i've heard of them yeah because my friend jared linzimer worked there for a little while and, and layla jambari's <laughs> I visited their roaster one time. Dude, yeah. It's huge. It was huge. Couple one-baggers, couple two-baggers. Dude, two-baggers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I uh, started making coffee with my dad, and then uh, got the rest is history. Just really loved the beans. Kenya double A. Really End take game. me in. A -A. Someone asked us that yesterday. What grade is the Kenyan? The right grade is always the answer. Fucking A plus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how, did how did Cat and Cloud get its start? How did Cat and Cloud get its start? Well, there's freaking, we really like coffee and nobody else fucking makes good coffee. So we're like, we're going to be the only good coffee company out there. <laughs> Cat and Cloud, how did it start? It's always been alive, man. It's always been there, bro. Cat and Cloud. Right in front of you. Cat and Cloud. Cat and Cloud. Is Ch us and Chuck. 
We're uh, three human beings. So ever since 1980, 79, <laughs> Cat and Cloud has been alive. I think Cat and Cloud's actually been around since 2010. It's 2010 is when Jared and I started writing a blog together. We started working together around that time, and we always had really interesting ideas about how things should be done, really passionate about the way we wanted things to be and how they could be. That was like the freaking just that was the beginning yeah and then roll in chuck in 2013 we all met and all kind of you know dispersed into the wind but always had an idea to do something together and then a couple years ago we're like dude we're gonna lock this thing down yeah we'd watched a lot of companies do a good job but we always felt like we wanted to improve upon the things we'd seen and do things differently and we had to do it ourselves and that was kind of it was finally time yeah, so we just Googled on YouTube how to start a coffee roaster, mm-hmm. and there's a tutorial for it, uh-huh. so we just started a company. Yeah, seems like a lot of people are doing that these days. Yeah, how-tos are where it's at, Yeah, I tell you. Uh, so the next one is, we've talked in the past about wanting to find coffee that is to our taste. What is the Cat and Cloud taste? Dude, to know taste, first you got to understand crumpet. And if you want to understand crumpet, you got to know cricket. Cricket. So... Talk to Casey Jones and the original Ninja Turtles in Manhattan. Raphael is the first to know. Pizza Dude's got 30 seconds. Uh, our tastes for us. See, here's the thing about coffee. Everybody's got their palates, and they never line up unless you work together for a number of years. So what Chris and I would probably say is we love coffee that's very sweet, which is true. We love coffee that has a great finish, which is also true. Finish. And we like complexity. Um, and our coffees tend to actually be a little bit fruity and juicy. Uh, however, comma, you could go and taste these alongside somebody else from another company, and who knows if they would 100% agree with us. So we're like, taste is subjective, and we we keep on lining up with ourselves and you know a select few people, so we should probably start our own company so that we can always agree on stuff instead of trying to pretend we agree with other people when we don't. That sounds great. Kick buns. Kick it. Tell us about our new cafe. Dude, the cafe, it's got like six doors, lots of windows, roaster. 13 employees. 13 employees. No, our cafe is sick. <laughs> it's a Come on down. tiny little space. We're about a block from the beach, a couple blocks from the beach. Um, very light. It's a really open place. There's a lot of sunlight. It's a very friendly place. It's a place where anybody can go and feel welcome. Our goal in the cafe we say you know if someone leaves happier than when they came in we've done our job so that extends to people who are getting coffee maybe you're getting tea maybe you just come in off the street want a glass of water maybe if you're lost in santa cruz and you're like dude how do i find the one and we're like do you just go that way over there man you guys are real nice that's cool yeah, yeah yeah it's just down the street pop on out to the old pleasure point and grab yourself a nice wave yeah, we do coffee drinks. We do our coffee by the cup through an espresso machine, mm-hmm. which is a little bit interesting. Um, espresso's really banging. Yeah, we've only been open we do for four months. We do toast. Yeah, we do a little bit of toast. We have a prosciutto pesto toast people seem to like. We do ricotta jam toast with some really nice jams, olive oil, and some cracked papele. That's pepper. <laughs> we do an avocado <laughs> toast like everybody else in the world. But guess what? It's delicious. And... Uh, I mean, honestly, the whole point of our company is to make sure that we can make operating the business as easy as possible for our staff while maintaining really high standards and making things taste and feel really good. So geeking out on coffee is not what you might find at our cafe, even though you might think of us as coffee geeks. We're not actually we're very passionate about it, but that's not our experience. And then every third Thursday of the month, we slap the bass. Yes. And every fourth Thursday of the month, we do a nice uh Barbecue uh, pop-up. A taco chipino. Yeah, which is very fun. It's a community night. That's no BS. Uh-huh. Bubba brings down the old pop-up, and we just crush ourselves out a 72-hour brine. And I keep looking over there because my cat is just, like, freaking out. We'll have to check it out later. Anyway. His cat might jump in a box. Get in there, Max. It's his cat in a box. It's my cat in a box. Uh, talk about transparency as a business and what does it mean? Well, one thing we just did at our most recent staff meeting is we showed them our entire financials, literally, um, as far as where we started, how much money we have, how much money we made, exactly where it went, including every single department and broke it down and so that was one thing we do as far as transparency in business the other part is we have a 
transparent structure as far as ability to grow and that ability to grow is shared within the team so they know that when they're hired this is where we can go based on them showing up and doing a good job and if they don't we stay where we're at uh, we have profit sharing where we shared 10% of the bottom line profits so they saw those profits in the P&L that we showed them and they know exactly how much they're going to be making because we show them 10% of that and then we split that amongst their hours and so they know that's happening we do four weeks accrual of paid time off for anybody who works full-time in our cafes. And we do medical stipends for people who get their own medical benefits or we jump them on our plan and we can, you know, help them with that as well as, you know, they get medical through our company. So that is the transparency of our company. And this is Max Baca. He hey. is... He is our other company mascot. So this is Cat and Cat and Cloud. Um, and that's honestly, that's the transparency of our company. The other thing is that Chris and Charles and I are always available. And we are not going to bring people in. We're not blowing smoke up anybody's cornhole, if you will. We're not going to sit here and blow sunshine up your ass. Yeah, it's just not worth it. So we're going to be pretty honest with them. Because that's hot buns. To the point where we plan on sharing everything. And it's honestly, we want to get to the point where we're going to share everything with the entire world of coffee in a few years, if all goes well. So a that's whole new world. It's just where we'll be. A new fantastic point of view. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one to tell us. That's no why we started a business <laughs> Last question. Last question for the Unpacking Coffee crew. And then we're going to move on to some questions of our own. What are we doing at the La Marzocco Residency, and what is unique about our service there? Let's start with our coffee. It's unique because it's ours, man. <laughs> What's unique, I think, for up there is the by the cup, uh, yeah, especially. by the cup via the espresso machine up there. It's the Linea PB ABR machine that we're doing by the cup by. We got the Strata for espresso. That is probably the most unique thing about our like beverage menu and bulletproof coffee we got the bulletproof going on we got the creamy beige if you want a frozen coffee milkshake that's sweet and creamy you get the beige get that beige get the beige I'm we got not our sure if anybody's done a milkshake up there yet i'm sure they have someone's done it they have I've to have right? made two i think when i was there I'm sure oh. two i don't know it's cold so i don't know why you know it's just on our menu man you just want to try it out you know we did a live podcast from there you know that's what we're doing we're just freaking showing up Blow up. Show up to blow up. All right. That's what we're doing. Dropping hammers. All right. <laughs> Dropping hummels. Dropping hummels. <laughs> really, part, that's part of the service. And another unique part of the service is we just want to engage all the customers when we're there. Right. Oh, you. My cat is shaking the whole. That's my tripod, Max. Get out of here. Kitty. <laughs> so stupid. Dude, your cat just got jacked up <laughs> on Mountain Dew. So. She's all. Yeah, just trying to make that 5,000 square foot place feel a little smaller. Just, yeah. You know, passing around smiles. Smiles are free. Handshakes are free. High fives. Five cents per, but the first one's free. First one's free. We also sent two of our employees who have only been working in coffee for three and a half months. New baristas. Each. Um, and so I think that we are the first company to just send normal employees up. Typically, I think every other company sent like the owners or the trainers. Give me a superstar to send. Yeah, no, we all ha we only have superstars with Cat and Cow. But the cool one. Any of our people will be cool, Chris. But the one on the blog. Oh, no, no, no. They're all going to be on the blog. That's not true. They won't all be on the blog. They don't want to. But you know what else? Thanks for having us on the uh, Unstoppable Unpacked Cafea Arabica Podcast. They unpack coffee so you don't have to. All right, we're going to break this out, cut into the regular podcast. It's our 100th episode. Do you know what that means? Me neither. That means we've been here for a century. <laughs> <laughs> See it? Well, that's 100. Roman numerals for 100 is XIV. That's Ooh. not true at all. No, <laughs> that's I 14. That's, a, that's, a that's gangster. gangster that's full on North Payne. Full you know. on North Payne. <laughs> I grew up in Chico. They're prevalent up there. <laughs> um, well, hope you enjoyed the unpacking coffee lead-in. Now we're dipping into Q&A land. Brought to you by dip, the dip, people. Dip. dip when I dip, you dip, we dip. 
read that thing. It's kind of far okay, away. Okay, hey friends. So guess what? Here's what this is what Skylar Broberg writes. You're my Broberg for life, Skylar. Would love to pick your brains about a couple of things. I've been in Specialty Coffee for almost six years now. A young and for shell. Jobs have jumped from barista, wholesale, delivery driver, roaster, cafe manager, etc. I love coffee in the community that it naturally fosters, both in and outside of the workplace. So, first and foremost, for Chris, what were some of your major struggles after starting a roasting company and then realizing that it wasn't what you wanted to do? Did you feel discouraged? Like you'd taken a couple steps backwards? <laughs> Is there another part to this question? This is a really That's it for short that question. Lead-in. Let's see. I know he's just bringing. Straight he's just going heat. hard. He's all uh, cut to the chit chat, yeah, Chris. Tell me your major life. struggles for sure. I had less money than I've ever had in my entire life, which was cool because I put all my money into this thing and didn't get that much of it back. And while I got a teeny little bit of it back or some of it back, it was interesting. So let's say. I'd say I did get it all back. What I lost was like a bunch of time. I also spent all the other money that I'd been trying to save while that was happening. Also, wasn't making any money. I never got a paycheck. So there's like the money that you're out, but then just digging a hole for more money. So that was like, that was a major, like, just practical struggle. Like, it was on the level. Like, I couldn't even buy a sandwich. Like, I'd have to ask my wife. I'm like, hey, do we have like enough money? I'm like, kind of hungry. Can I buy a sandwich? And I would have to get approval for the sandwich because we didn't have enough money. Um, it's going to hit it's gonna mint. <laughs> it's going to hit mint, dude. The other thing was, yeah, I felt like I had taken like 15 steps back. I felt like I was kind of at the beginning. I was very, very frustrated because I'd been in coffee for a long time and done a lot of good things. You know, you're like, okay, like I won breeze competitions. I won latte art competitions. I've been a judge i've traveled to origin i've helped train other you know champions in other countries and all this like long list of things and now i feel like i'm just like floating around in the middle of space and nothing and then to get out of the company that i was with i had to sign a non-compete so i actually couldn't work in coffee where i was at so yeah it, it was crazy like i can't overstate this so he's like did you feel discouraged like absolutely there were a hundred percent no bullshit times where i just seriously broke down crying because i did not know what was happening because i felt like such a failure even though i know i knew that i had skill and i knew that i had something to offer i couldn't immediately see how to channel that so i don't know because your lead-in was so short but if you're feeling some of these things like that's totally normal and nothing to be ashamed of and it's like incredibly frustrating but you just have to repurpose it for fuel and it's really hard because from then to where I am now, it's almost like a couple of years later and it's been, it's a, like a long road. You know, if there's, I've always been the kind of person who wanted more in whatever I did. So like the normal right. like job, even if I had a really cool one, there's always something missing from it. And if you want something like really big like that, there's never going to be a plug and play solution. You need to like identify like what you want out of whatever you're doing. I'm not saying you have to start your own business to do this. I totally believe that people can do this within the framework of certain companies, you know, as long as there's some flexibility there, but identify what you want and start chipping away at it. And it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a lot of hard work, just like anything that's worth working. That's worth working for is, but yeah, I was fucking in a real bad place. Real bad. Yeah, he probably was not having the most stoked time. Definitely not stoked. He lived in a shanty. Shanty house. <laughs> it's like ivy growing in through the walls. <laughs> it's the most ghetto place ever. <laughs> it's so gnarly. There is literally like, That's how like we greenery do. growing through the, the heater vents. Like, oh, this is like... Like, isn't this supposed to burn in there? Like, is the heater this actually is dangerous? Work? And no shit, there would be... Um, holes would get like poked through the wall like you would bump something and then like just ants would start pouring out i was like what the fuck <laughs> like this place your house was alive my dude. house was literally alive like it, there's no way it could have been legal there's just no well, way plants in the heater is just that's just canceling out carbon i mean it was running down yeah i was living pretty green factor. like we were yeah we were yeah. definitely <laughs> living green that's a safety yeah, factor. I mean, no big deal dude so the second part is chris jared <clears throat> what were some some signs or writing on the wall that you saw before your decision to depart from uh well, it says Verve, so that's what he's asking. Or any company, for that matter. 
Um, so here's kind of my experience, my kind of my situation. So I'd been there from the beginning. I helped open the place, and I was young. And I didn't 100% know. For one, I didn't know where we were for sure going as a company, and that was always a point of not contention for me. It was just a point. It was a thing. I never knew what, like, what's the end goal here? So I was very optimistic, and I was all in, and I'm still, like, kind of pretty attached to that company in a weird way. Um, so I was all in, and I was like, we're going to take over the world. We're going to do this thing. We're going to do an amazing job. We're going to have this insane service. And what would happen along the way is I'd hit these little ceilings and I'd reach out to people above me and I'd try to essentially talk through it. And now that I look back on it, I know what I was looking for is I was looking for, hey, where's this? Where's opportunity for me? Where do you see me going? What's the direction of growth? Like, what's what's my next thing? And I would talk through all these ideas I had and dreams and I just like spill my guts and what would just happen over and over and over again was like it'd be put back on me. Well, what do you want to do? Where do you want to be? What do you want to? And whether it was me not being clear or them not understanding what I was asking, I was basically saying, like, where do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? Like, I'm doing everything um, I'm told to do right now. I know I can do so much more. I know we can be so much more. Like, where do you want me? What are we trying to do here? And so that was kind of the first thing. And so after at least five years of these conversations happening over and over and over again it was essentially like okay i'm not really i don't have a clue what you want from me or what you want out of this place at all i just know i'm trying to do a good job and we're really successful and i didn't know that that was the thing that was eating on me so badly at the time but really what i wanted was mentorship and direction from somebody i was 25 years old which is old to some people in this new millennial age but also really young in the scheme of life so that was that was the beginning of it. And then we had a pretty major transition. And I wrote a blog about it a long time ago where it was brought to my attention that we were going to expand the company. There was going to be external people being brought in to expand the company. And I expressed that we have a really amazing team. I think we don't need to bring in extra people in order to execute this next step and that I would love to help lead it. And I was basically told, like, you will not be able to lead this. You don't have the bandwidth or the skill level to do what we're trying to do. And that was kind of like the first major like, okay, okay I'm they, there's no belief in me and my abilities to the level where it's not matching, it's not matching up. Like the, the amount I believe in myself does not match up with the ownerships and leadership in this company's belief in me. So we're already starting to separate as far as that goes. And that was a really, really hard thing for me because I was so close to everything. So it was it was for sure a little bit personal. It's definitely something I still like work on grieving and getting through because those are like brothers and family at that time who are just basically whether they mean to or not saying we don't believe in you. Um, and I don't know if that's exactly how they felt or not, but that was essentially how it was communicated to me. So I can't speak for them, but that's how I felt. And so then a big leadership swing happened and with that came a bunch more people and a bunch more opportunity for other people and I got put in a little bit higher of a leadership level but it was still it was obvious that everything that I was believing in was starting to kind of shift again and it was just going to be harder and harder and it there was a point again later on where we had another one of those conversations where I'm like I just believe in all these things and here's what we can do. And I just like got all this stuff and I like love this. And it was like, a, we just need you to do your job and listen to this person who's in charge now. And that was like the last straw for me. I was like, okay, so I've got no say anymore. And maybe I wasn't clear enough in all my, in all my days leading up to this point. But what I do know moving forward is it's, it's just not going to work for me. And I don't know what's going to happen. But money's not going to be a, a saving grace for my health and happiness and abilities. So, hasta la bye bye. <laughs> and, and it was really weird and it was really hard. And that was, so, I mean, that's not a straightforward answer. That was a few answers. But ultimately it was, I could not get feedback on where to grow and be from the people that I was looking up to. And I could not get placement in a way that align with my passions. So I guess that's my answer. Over to you, Chris. Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, my experience was uh, 
a little bit different some similarities so for me when i left it revolved mostly around the inability for me to use my best skills and have impact in the whole company so i'm really good at breaking things down training and education communicating knowledge packaging complex ideas in ways that like a lot of people can understand them those that's i love doing that kind of stuff figuring out like weird workflow things or the best way to teach this thing um at the time i was head of business development so i was managing the sales team account trainers the um, techs and all that kind of stuff and it was it definitely wasn't the job for me and i just I, i was okay at it i mean i showed a lot of growth the pounds went up you know moved the needle for sure implemented some good things but it just wasn't where i was the most effective and i just wanted to be where the action was i was like well there's new stuff being built i want to do this i want to be there let's do it like i'm i'm down i'll move to la like you know when we started doing the la stuff i was like i'll, I'll go like i'll move like jenny was down my wife was down she's like we could go live down there that'd be fine she worked for the company at the same time she was the head of human resources um and I'm not the kind of person to, like, I'm not really, like, a big complainer. Like, I talk a lot of shit, but I'm not really, like, a complainer. So if I put something on the table, like, once or twice, like an, like an offer, or like, hey, like, I could do this. This is what I want to do. Let's do this. And then you no know, one follows through or, you know, that doesn't come to fruition. I'm not the guy to like chase the dragon because at the time, like everybody there knows my skill set. They know, like, I have some, it sounds weird, but there's like some sort of like pedigree associated with it. I have a track record of like everything that has been given to me. I've pretty much crushed it, like, you know, <laughs> from A to Z. So I felt like I had a little clout in that space. And if someone doesn't think that I'm the right person for that job, that's totally fine. And it just became apparent that I wasn't ever going to be in my sweet spot. And then I had to move on. And like, I don't fault the company or the leadership or anything for that. They just had different plans for me than I had for me. So I don't hate anyone there. It's totally fine. Like if plans don't align, then you have to just go. And it doesn't matter if you like the people there or don't like the people there or, you know, any of these other things. And like, I wasn't anti-growth. We were having a huge growth spurt. I was all for it. I was like, let's do this. Like, let's open stores. I'm super down. Like, let's crush it. Get some people in. Let's let's make this thing happen. But it just, yeah, it just wasn't lining up. So no I just wanted to have positive impact using my skill set. And that just wasn't happening. I was doing other things that were, like, deemed super important by the company. But it just wasn't as important to me. And probably draining. Yeah, well, it's, it's draining when you're doing stuff that you don't want to do. And there's, like, aspects of that in all kinds of jobs. Like, there's parts of all jobs that are not, like, the most fun, you know? Right. But you, you can kind of get screwed if you're, if you're, like, a pretty – I'm pretty adaptable, and I can be talented at a lot of different things, which seems like it would be good, but it's actually a big problem with work. Because if you're responsible and you've got a bunch of different talents, then basically what ends up happening, this happened to me like a lot, not just there, but like just throughout my whole life is people would just dump stuff on me because they know I'd get it done. So if there was a problem, they'd be like, here, fix this problem. We know you do good work. You're reliable. You can fix it. And I was always down to do whatever was good for the company. But like after you do that so many times, you're just like, okay, I keep doing these things. It's, it feels like busy work. Like I want to have impact in the areas that I excel. You know right. what I mean? Just because I can get the wholesale pounds up and like manage a sales team doesn't mean it's not like nails on the chalkboard in my mind all day, every day. Like I don't right. like sales. I really don't. Like there, there's nothing more draining to me than like, pitching and selling i love talking about things that i i'm really into and i did believe in the product but it was such a numbers game that it was just like right i felt really disconnected from coffee like you know it's all about moving like the units up like we need oh to sell gosh. more units and it like it didn't matter if it, that it was like coffee it could have been like packing peanuts or right. like you know socks made in china or something like that i, I don't know it's, it's just what it's it felt like the so it wasn't energizing 
We should have called Reezy Resells for your job. We dude. Really, sh- he would have probably crushed it. To be honest, <laughs> we next, next. <laughs> we'll give that to Reezy. Be like, dude, like, check this hustle. I got a hustle of the year for you, dude. He would have been FBA. Oh and my all that gosh, stuff. he would have had the place, place to like everywhere. a million pounds and like exactly. merch going bonkers, dude. It would have been sick. Instead, they're like, yeah, you can try our my pressy. But yeah, and again, like I, I, you know, these are good stories, and they're stories that are fun to tell. I, I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression and that you as an employee and your employer now looking at it from both angles have been on both sides it's like the relationship really has to be mutual so if you're upset as an employee and you talk to the powers that be and like try to figure out a plan but no one hears you you have to understand that it's not like just the big bad man like my boss doesn't get it like if your vision doesn't align with theirs you're the one who actually has the problem you know what i mean you're in the wrong place and that's not like bad it's just good to acknowledge like okay like actually what i'm after is not going to happen here and the reason i say that is because you know i should have left like pretty much every job i've had like probably two or three years before i did Mm. I just didn't know at the time, you know? So if right. I can help someone else, like, make those moves, like, figure out what's going to be most important to them, like, earlier in the game. Right. All Maybe good. do that. Yeah. Right. That, that's pretty rad. Cause all Save I, you some time. Yeah, and, like, everything's weird, you know? You know, the time-space continuums, like, it's crazy. So I don't know if I'd been exactly here, but something like this would be going on, and all I think about is, like, oh, we could have been, like, three years ahead of the, the game on this Right. Game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd be like, damn it! Um, so he's got a few more oh, to it. More. I know. It's good. Dude, yeah, yeah. Sky guy. Been with my uh, current company for nearly three Do we years. Do keep him anonymous? Is this going to get weird? I don't know. He wrote in. He didn't say keep oh, okay. it anonymous. We say people's names yeah, on totally. the podcast. Calm down. I think he needs to know that. <laughs> uh, I've been with my current company for nearly three years. We're in a growing phase and have a kick-ass group of mid-level leadership. Essentially, the direct reports to the business owner. It's awesome being able to work alongside people who challenge one another to keep growing. The company's still small enough where the responsibilities are delegated from the owner, but oftentimes with potentially lack of authority or the necessary tools to carry it out. What often results are unclear expectations and muddled results, which become the status quo and a source of frustration for both sides of the coin. It's a bummer to see people you're in the trenches with getting tossed under the bus or stunted in their professional growth for egos, period. Um, This chips away at the confidence and ability to perform on the job. Have we ran into this elsewhere, especially coffee? Are there ways to combat it, or is it time to move on? Love any thoughts or advice you guys have. Um, I've experienced things like this, and honestly, it sounds like there's some inexperience and lack of clarity around these projects. Uh, And the reason I say that is that if you are not supported enough, you need to be able to reach out and say, I need more support. And if you have done that and you're not getting it and you're still being scolded for lack of execution, then you, right, you've got just like, that's like an issue. That's one thing. So if that's happening, that's not right. On the flip side, if you are reaching out and you are being supported and you're still not executing, then that's on you. I'm not there. I don't know these things. Um, it could sound like you could actually benefit from somebody coming in who actually has like business expertise or consulting maybe. And I'm only saying that because I think there are people out there who understand business and communication and processes in ways that maybe are better than a lot of us, especially coffee folk. I see especially coffee people being small business owners who maybe aren't business focused first. They're coffee focused first and they get in and then all of a sudden in order to run a business you have to be good at leadership you have to be good at problem solving you have to be good at delegation you have to be good at communication you have to be good at creating processes and structures and standards and all these things have to work and be really really clear and i can tell you right now from as a business owner that that is hard and it takes so much more intention and focus than i think any of us realize to the point where I would say if we wanted to do the level of work that I expect us to do and we are working on it, Chris and I need to not work 
on our floors. We do not need to roast coffee. We do not need to make coffee for probably a month or two just to focus on this stuff. And we've done a lot of that prior to opening. And then once you open, you find out that there's a lot more to do and things work differently than they look in your head because you weren't actually doing them physically and you weren't working with human beings. Um, so what you're talking about is a really complex issue. It's hard to say without having an example and like being exactly. in the moment because, right. I mean, and I don't mean to sound patronizing and if you've already tried some of these things, but I would say step one is make sure you're communicating this to the owners. It sounds like you've been there for a while. You probably have a pretty good relationship. I know that just being a boss for a very short period of time, sometimes I miss stuff and I'm not even aware of it. And I'm really thankful that people bring it to my attention. If they're like, hey, like, I needed to do this, but like, I don't really actually know how. And I really don't know what you want. So can you give me like a right. little bit more to work with or like, l let me know. And I'm like, oh, crap. I didn't realize that I, you know, hung you out to dry, so to speak. Like, yeah, let's talk about this, figure out a way to make it work. So, you know, does the ownership know that you're feeling or that these people are feeling unsupported because if they don't, you should totally tell them and they're probably super down to fix it because the more you succeed, the more success you have, the more success they have. It's like a win-win for everybody. You Major. know what I mean? So I would just, if the lines of communication, like real blunt, borderline uncomfortable, honest communication aren't open, you should totally open those up. And just like get it rolling. Right. I don't know if you guys are having like a weekly or a bi-weekly like meeting with all leadership talking about goals and who's attempting to accomplish these goals and deadlines and the clarity and where do I get the resources to accomplish these goals. Like if you're not doing that, you better start because that gets everybody in a place where you can basically all say hey everybody knows you're supposed to do this thing like you're in charge of it and then that person who's in charge of it can be like cool i need help in these areas right. and everybody can chime in and be like cool i'll help you here and i'll help you there and i'll help you at this time i mean that's a that's a majorly important component to being successful is teamwork um and so and just being clear about like where you're going to do and how you're going to do action plan for everything yeah. with timestamps on it Break down the projects. Even yeah. something that's really simple. Like we're doing, we're going to roll out our single origin menu on the website. Pretty easy Get thing. Ready. So we're going to have a lot of coffees out there. But like that meeting happened and it's like, okay, cool. We need this done by February 15th. We actually right. move that up. It's going to be February 1st. And in order for that to happen, Alex, who manages the web stuff, is going to go... He has to get the coffee information from Charles, who is the green buyer, right? All raw information. Kick that over to me so I can edit it, write copy, transcribe. He's going to put in like the vitals. I'm going to write the written piece. Then I have to, you know, I have to take the photographs and edit the photographs yep. and then send them over to him. He's going to put them on the website. But like if any one weird thing like drops it, then the whole project sucks. You know what I mean? If like Charles doesn't get him the coffee info, then that's bad. If I right. don't, if he does all that work and take the pictures, it's like, it's like a stupid little example, but like, I don't know, there should be an action item associated with everything you need to do and a responsibility, yeah. like a point person tied to that action item with a deadline for that, for sure, make sure that everything gets done. Cause then you so just hefty. have accountability from the yeah. smallest projects to the biggest ones. Yeah. From the bottom, bottom to the top, top, from the bottom to the top, to the top, to the top, to the top, to the top. So all those say, like, things. Dude, talk to these talk. Yeah, you guys need talk to talk and you need to say you really do. You just need to say, here's our goals, here's our plan, here's our way to execute. And then if there is no if there's no progress through that process, then you maybe should move on. But seems like maybe you haven't as a team gone there yet. I don't know though. You know? I'm not you. The, yeah, a little short, but I hope the rest of it was uh informative enough, Mr. Bro. Sky bro. Sky bro bro. Sky bro bro. He's all, I'm going to call you later and tell you that I got totally Skynet. fired for He's that like, You email. said my name and I don't have a job at all. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? That's from a movie. <laughs> Let's see if we can get one more because, uh, because, because, because. 
that's not the one. That's not the so, one. That's not the one. Gosh. Dude. Dude. Email title. You guys are the bomb. You should just read this one, dude. Yeah. Hey, CC yeah. crew. I E box Ruby. No, dude. We never I found this. you after that Sprudge. Sprudge. Nom. That it's at Sprudge.com nom. Dope intro. Dope content. Dope podcast. I'm going to Cali this March, and I'm looking to visit some of those dank West Coast coffee spots. Sadly, I won't make it at the Santa Cruz area, so I'm going to have to pull off my cat and cloud experience till a later date. I was wondering if you could bless me with some insider knowledge on what the hot places in the Burbank area. Burbank. Dang, dude. That's rough. I'm already going to hit up GNB. Good start there. Go get him, Tiger. Other suggestions would be dank. Bonus. Hit me up with some Disneyland insider knowledge. Dude, we could do dude, this. This guy is freaking This will be dude. a great finish to our 100th episode. I love this, dude. What's some dank? Well, first of all, dank there's knowledge? nothing dank in Burbank except for dank itself. However, comma, I was told really? that some of the best sushi is in that area in strip malls. So I call you know, bullshit start there. on that. Dude, that I just never done it. Who told you that, Brent? It's in, no, it was in a movie. <laughs> 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 These are your friends, I could see, like, Brent Fortune knowing of some weird, like, off-the-cuff, yeah, like, sushi place in Burbank. Perfect. That's freaking <laughs> on point, dude. <laughs> I love you hear that, Brent? We want your sushi knowledge. Uh, yeah, LA, the only dude. thing... Where do you go for coffee? You, I mean, if you're going into L.A. and going to G&B and go get them, dude, you have to go to Minotti's uh, yeah, on the Venice, Venice. Boardwalk. Minotti's, is, it's like one of my favorite coffee places. It's really small. They Ever. serve four barrel nicely in there. The whole crew's tight, though. And it's just awesome, intimate experience. The drinks are always good. There's a couple like little special things off the menu. You know, Cafe Rico. Maybe yeah, get it. Check it out. Um, do that. Do that. Do. Go see dinosaur. Dinosaur's, Dinosaur's fun. Cool. Go to, go to Gjusta. Cool. There's a lot of cool stuff. It's like you got to spend a couple days, right? You got to get driving around. Go to Portola Coffee Lab down there. Fun folks, fun friends. Check out Hopper and Hopper Burr. And Burr. If you're gonna go to Disneyland, that's that's close. That stuff's over there. Um, I'm sure we're missing somebody like we always do. I mean, there's, do, a, lot there's a lot of people out there. In LA. I mean, go to Verve, one of those. I would definitely go locations. see some of the Intellis. Yeah, Intellihansia, sure. Silver Lake's from? probably hot. He didn't, he didn't say. say. No, he's just. I mean, but I mean, he must be going to, to Disneyland see. if he's going there. Burbank's where the where Disney's headquarters is. The you know TV and all that shenanigans. Burbank, uh, home of Bob Hope Airport. Yes, as you f- he must be Don't flying even into fly the Hope. In the LAX, dude, just go straight to Bob Hope. He's go to the Hope. Go to John machine. Wayne. Go to Ontario, dude. Don't go to you Lax. You could do a serious coffee crawl in Los Angeles. Yeah, there's a lot for you to go see. And then what else is what by else is like? There? So dinosaurs, not really, but I guess like you could do dinosaur, Silver Lake, and Telly, and like Wood right. Cat all in one. That's all like Sunset Junction area. Totally. Yeah, nothing's really close. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. LA's like pretty spread out, so you just go all over the place and get yourself some nugs. Some sick, some sick, sick nugs. Dinky go to Blue Bottle that's in the ex handsome building. That'll be fun. Get yourself some street tacos over there because they're my favorite. Right on that just ghetto strip. The Stumptown Roasteries, cool to see. The cafe is like yeah. really small. Super but cool. But you can see the the big boy behind the glass. The big Their boy is always pretty tight. Yeah. I mean, there's coffee in LA. There is uh there's a bit of coffee there's in LA. A whole lot of there's coffee a whole lot in of that. Brazil. Coffee. Uh Disneyland insider knowledge, bro. I mean, I don't know what you want to know. Drop a fast pass knowledge on them, dude. Tell them where I to mean, stack if it you, up. Yeah, you got to do you got to always get the fast pass. You, so it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much that's pretty much like the easiest thing cuz I mean, at the end of the day, we're not this isn't a Disneyland insider well, podcast. Well, first ride, but just tell them where to go first. First three rides. Th- this is the crazy. So if you're going to go if you're going like go you to go to Disneyland here, you and, and you're like a big kid, like right? Yeah, what you want to do is you do not want to waste your time getting this is don't get a fast pass for uh, Indiana Jones. That's just like it's not worth it. So here's what you do, home skill it. Go get yourself a fast pass to Hyperspace Mountain. And that's to the that's like on the right side of the whole park. Just run over there and grab one of those and then run all the way across to the other side of the park and jump straight on Indiana Jones and then run all the way to the back and hit Splash Mountain, Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean. And by the time you're done with those four rides, you're going to be right ready to jump on your fast pass to Hyperspace Mountain and on your way to Hyperspace Mountain. 
Get yourself a fast pass to Thunder Mountain See? Railroad, bro. And now you're in the fast pass cycle. You can grab a fast pass in like within the last half hour of your ability, or I'm sorry, within the hour of your usage for your current fast pass. So you can only have one at a time, but like once you hit a certain time when your fast pass window's there, you can grab another one. So you always grab another one on the way to use your current fast pass. Uh, so that's some dank insider knowledge for you, as you would say. That's pretty. And just keep that cycle going, legit. dude. The ones that you want to make sure you get fast passes for, if it's busy, are on the Disneyland side. You want to get them for Star Tours. You want to get them for Space Mountain. You want to get them for Thunder Mountain, Splash Mountain. And on the California side, you want to get them for Soarin' Over the World, which you can't miss. You want to get them. I think they just maybe put them in for Toy Story Midway Mania. That's brand new, so I don't know if that's real. Screaming California and... Those are probably the ones you want to make sure you get. Oh, and Radiator Springs Racers. That's the first thing. If you're going to California, get a Radiator Springs Racer Fast Pass first. And then that is pretty much the way the cookie crumbles. Don't miss World of Cup. See how that went from you not having anything to. I know. Well, I've always got everything. something. <laughs> I just was that, that was like just like <laughs> a taste. Let your tongue taste it, okay? <laughs> just a little, little, just, That's I've never good, seen dude. anybody I mean, use the word dank that many times. Yeah, it reminded me of Big White Sean. Oh yeah, Big White Sean. Big White Sean from Seattle. Seattle. What up, dog? What up? Take it to that next next. Get your RGBs on or whatever you call those things, and just chicka chicka chow chow. Is that it? I mean, I just got to thank you guys in the world. Hundred episodes Um, is kind of crazy. I didn't realize we were doing hundred episodes until I just looked and I was like, oh, ninety-nine problems, and this podcast ain't one. So, I'm living the dream. Really proud to be an American, except for (laughs) (laughs) except for not. (laughs) Oh gosh, great one there. (laughs) Yeah, that's just the centennial celebration. (laughs) Yeah, and then I was like celebrating hundred years of America. Uh, No, hundred episodes (laughs) is sick. Sick. That's like big. I'm proud of us, and I'm proud and happy that you all still tune in it's pretty great if you want to hear something let us know we do Please our best do. to get you what you need um we stuck to it every we did every week we've been crushing it pretty hard somehow we've we did done it. it i know it's funny that we find the time but we find the time so i'm not going to tell you it's easy because it's not world but we're going to keep it up so i'm uh happy to be here <laughs> we're going to work on uh you know this whole idea of like opening more stores and supporting our team as we do. And, uh, thanks for listening to us and check out that unpacking coffee, uh, whatever video cast, what they do. Blog vlog. It's a, yeah. It's a, it's Pod a podcast, vlog. but it's like a video podcast. So Pod vlog, vlog cast, video plot, vlog vlog. Part about and fast vlogging podcast. Molly. <laughs> I flogged the podcast. <laughs> All the way in. And if you, you know, we, we never do the subscribe, rate, and review shout out anymore. But Keep if you do, that. you know, if you want to do a favor, you can go to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. And be like, these guys are cool. Oh, yeah. Or maybe I even do a review and be like, these guys suck. We'll take that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think that. I don't like his voice. <laughs> this guy's abrasive. It's a little nazali. <laughs> uh, oh, and then weirdly enough, we're to a point where we could take on maybe a. Uh, a random wholesale account or two. So oh yeah. I don't know if you're interested in coffee, but we're we're to a sustainable, fun place. Um, and major shout outs to Hawthorne in San Diego still for being so amazing. And for all y'all who don't know, you got another two to three weeks in Seattle to grab our coffee at the La Marzocco Cafe Experience. Yeah. But really, yeah, we're. Uh, and I gotta say, like, Companion Bake Shop and Hawthorne, oh they've been amazing people to work with. Like, I, I love. Yep. And again, don't get me wrong, dude. Don't get me wrong. I'm down with all you multi-roasters, but I just love the like legit relationship that you can build when you go exclusive. There's oh, like yeah, seriously nothing like it. Like I don't care what anybody says. Like I feel so much more connected to those two businesses than right. Like, you just can't get that level of connection with the multi-roaster thing. No. Well, because, Tell me yeah. I'm wrong. And they bro, also, you know, well, they can't get this quality of the coffee out of any of those coffees that they would if they stuck to one anyway. Just, I don't know. Don't tell me otherwise because I know it's not true. And then, true. like, yeah, one, there's like a part of that that's like, 
like a fundamental like business pitch or something but then like the the reality is it's like so much more fun you know what i mean like you call yeah. dylan on the phone you call stacy on the phone you talk to the right. homies dude it's sick Tight bros from way back when yeah you want to come to origin with us well, let's, let's go. do it let's we'll take go. both of them we actually stacy just had to He'll come, come later. later. Yeah, he had to reschedule his origin trip. So if you are exclusive and over 100 pounds, we will take you to origin. Just saying. We will take you to a nice steak we dinner and never call we'll you again. you a nice hanger steak. <laughs> Send you home in an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> That's from a movie. Like, later, guys. bro. I love you, and I'm going Goodbye. to go.